This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. I've heard from over 50,000 people, Vernon, over my music. I mean, I've got, I wish I could show you the box. I have boxes, boxes and boxes full of letters from people who poured their heart out to me to tell me how much my music touched their life. And that's why I wrote the book. Welcome back, everyone, to That Christian in Recovery podcast. I'm your host, Vernon L., and this is that podcast where we talk about life's problems. And we also talk about the solution to those problems. But if we don't know the solution, we talk about our role in the problem, because I do believe that everyone is recovering from something. How you doing, buddy? I'm Vernon. I'm doing just great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I appreciate you reaching out. Um, and first of all, Dave, I just like to just ask my guests what what inspires you to just reach out to to that Christian and Recovery podcast. Well, I've had so many letters over my forty plus years of experience with my music, and and Vernon, I've had several that were really heartfelt, deep. Uh, spoken from a dark place in their lives, telling me about how my music had helped somebody through their recovery process. Uh, you know, when you have somebody that says, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be here today if it weren't for your music. You know, that, wow. that, that says something, you know, it says, yes. so I, I feel a real connection with people who have a need for some peace and calm and soothing in their life and, I'm just thankful that God blessed me with the gift of creating that kind of music that that reaches out and and kind of gives a person a, a nice big warm hug and says everything's going to be okay. Just just sit back and relax and listen to and let God speak to you. Great, that's awesome. Um, I was listening to um, what's it called Rachel's song. Rachel's song, yeah. And I just want to just let you know what instantly what it what it done for me. Okay. First of all, I instantly got relaxed instantly. I was, I was relaxed. And as I was walking through the home and listening to it, it just made me reflect on my life. Just, just the first time ever listening to it. What are some of the things that you have heard from some listeners have listened to that particular song? Some of the things that inspire them. Well, I've, I've heard from people that, that said when they, uh, we're in the deeps of de- depths of depression and close to the end. And in their mind, they had that experience of when they heard Rachel's song and they let it play. And it just did something to kind of rewire their thinking and put them back in their right place where they were heading down the wrong path. And I've had people that were, you know, in uh, not just alcoholics, but uh, in a, a addiction problems with drugs and so forth mm-hmm. and or people just dealing with just plain old depression. You know, there's, that's a, that's a horrible disease. It's, it's so frustrating and, 
it's uh it's one of those where you, people just they they can't seem to cure you can't cure yourself there's no pill you can take or no word it just doesn't solve itself like that it it almost takes a miracle and it takes a lot of work and connection and so i've heard from people who said that my music brought them out of the depths of the de- depression and uh yeah put them in, on the right path and I've heard from over 50,000 people burning over my music. I mean, I've got, I wish I could show you the box. I have boxes, boxes and boxes full of letters from people who poured their heart out to me to tell me how much my music touched their life. And that's why I wrote the book. Okay. The, the title okay. of the book almost wrote itself because all of these letters were telling me how they were touched by the music. Yes. And, and I, I, it's, it's not my music. It's music I was given and blessed to be able to share with the world. It's, you know, I've written over 120 songs, but I sat down at the piano and I was just the instrument of being able to play that song for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, again, just listening to it the first time I can totally understand everything you just said. How, how long? When did you start writing? Let's ask that day. When did you start writing? We first well, inspired to write. Believe it or not, Rachel's song was the first song I ever wrote. And I was 33 years old, almost 34. And it, it's still a mystery to me why it took me 33 years to write my first song. Because I grew up around music all my life. I, grew, I was born in East Tennessee and into a musical family. My mom and dad both played the piano my grandmother combs bless her heart she uh, i still have her favorite instrument right here for those watching this is my granny's instrument it's an auto harp okay it's an instrument that you just you basically sit it down and you and you push a string and you strum it amazing grace how sweet the sound i can still hear my granny I'd, she'd ask me to tune it up. She'd say, David, would you tune up my auto harp for me? <clears throat> yes, sure, Granny. I'll be happy to. I'd tune it all up, get it sounding good, and hand it to her. Yeah. And she would just tear, tear loose and sing those wonderful old favorite hymns of hers. Wow. So I grew up around music all my life in church. You know, I'm a Southern Baptist. I've, music was a huge part of our church service, and I love choir music. And we had a piano and organ, a Hammond organ, and a piano duets and quartets and all kinds of just wonderful gospel music. And uh, so I grew up with that as my foundation. And when I graduated from college, Mm -hmm. my last two years of college, my church, my home church had asked me to be their part-time minister of music to direct the choir. And they paid me a little bit to help me get through the rest of my last two years of college. And, uh, but I enjoyed that directing of the choir and, and it's just, I love choral music. I love any kind of gospel, Christian music. My wife and I even have written a cantata that our church had its 125th anniversary of its founding. And Linda and I sat down on one, two weeks when we were frozen in with an ice storm. And we sat here and we wrote a cantata called the Temple of God. And it was a marvelous creation. But creating music is just, uh, it's just a gift that I'm just so honored to to have and i hope that i can continue sharing it with people the rest of my life yeah yeah um 
What's your process? What's, what's your thought process when you sit down? How do you come up with that creative thing? Do you dream about it? You get uh, somebody, you hear something. How the people that want to write music that's listening right there, what, what, what's your process? Well, I've, I've, I love t- listening to other people talk about how they write music. I, I love listening to composers and songwriters and whatever. And it seems that everybody almost has their own different way that they approach it. Uh, you know, some of them may sit down at a restaurant and the idea comes to them and they jot it down on a napkin right in there in the restaurant or something. That's not something like, you know, Dolly Parton might do. But for me, I sit down at my piano and I start playing. I maybe sometimes just play a chord. You know how when you hear, when everything's quiet around you and all you hear is just a beautiful chord of music on an instrument and just let it ring and just be still and listen. And sometimes there will be a, something that will say, will follow up to that and say, well, well, maybe I, that should go here. And so I kind of doodle around on the piano and, and, uh, see what comes out. And that's how Rachel's song was written. I just sat down at the piano mm-hmm. one, one day in January 19 and 81. <clears throat> it was an evening. I sat there at my piano. I had just freshly touched up the tuning on my piano. It was an old hundred year old piano that wouldn't hold its tune. So I'd have to get out my tuning hammer every once in a while and tighten it up and get it where it sounded. Okay. That particular night I sat down after I tuned it and I started playing. And I played this song, and it wasn't something I had ever heard before. It wasn't something I intended to sit down and write. I literally just played this song on the piano. And it was so beautiful and relaxing. I I just loved it and didn't think much about it, except I loved to play it. Mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks later, my wife, Linda, came home from work, and she says, Dave, what is the name of this tune that I've been humming in my head all day long? You know how you get a what they call an earworm or a song stuck in your head. Okay. And so she, she hummed a, a few notes of it. And I said, well, Linda, it doesn't have a name. And she said, what? You play it on the piano all the time. I said, well, it's just something that I just made. Up. I just sat down and played it. I just made it up. She got all excited and said, well, have you written it down? I said, well, no, I've, I've got it up here. I'm not going to forget it. She said, no, you got to write it down. Some, some, something might happen to you and that song will be gone. So I wrote it down. I got out a piece of paper and this, for those of you watching, this is a piece of paper with the notes and the chords of a song on it. It doesn't have a title. All it says is copyright David M. Combs, 1981. Cause at that time it didn't have a name. Just, it was just a song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we tried to think of a good name for it and Vernon, we couldn't come up with anything that sounded decent. And then two years later, some friends of ours had a little baby girl named Rachel, and they asked me and Linda to be her godparents. So we, of course, go to her christening service, and we're sitting there in the church with the family and the minister. And up at the front of this little country church was a grand piano sitting in the front of the of the platform. And I hey, punched Linda and I, hey. <laughs> I said, tell me. I said, Linda, I think this is the time I need to play that song on that piano. And with this in honor of our, our godchild, Rachel, and she said, that's a great idea. So I went up and asked the minister and the family if it'd be OK if I played a song on the piano. And they said, of course, yes. I went over to the piano and I sat down and I started playing. And 
It was exactly the same way I'd played it a hundred times. And as I got into the song, I could hear in the audience out there some <clears throat> clearing of the throat and a few sniffles here and there. And I noticed that my eyes were getting a little bit moist. And it is a very, you know, a little baby's christening service is emotional anyway. Right. And then you layer on top of that a beautiful song that, that it's just made for that occasion. It's just beautiful. Wow. So when I finished, when I finished playing the song, Vernon, mm-hmm. I said, from now on, this song will be called Rachel's Song in Her Honor. And that name was perfect, and it has stuck since. And that was, what, 40, almost 40 years ago. So yeah. that was, uh, actually, it is 40, it'll be 40 years this year. Let's say, so that's, we say 81? Eight, I wrote it in 81, but it okay. was named, the, the christening was in 83. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, this, this yeah. year, this year will have been the 40th year of the naming of Rachel's Song. I was still so in that, high school. <laughs> well, I was just a young pup myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful song. You, I mean, again, it, it, it's such a beautiful song. Um, and I, I'm, I'm glad you shared the background, the, the story behind it, because we all have, you know, we all have stories. What's some of the other songs? Because I was, I was on your website. I hit another mm-hmm. one. Um, it relaxed me, and it just. It's just beautiful. You know, your, your music is just real relaxing. It puts me in a mind of meditating. And I think I'm going yes. to use some of your music when yes. I meditate there. I'm telling you that now, but, um, yeah, yeah you know, I've, do you feel, do you feel well, like the music know, the, like that? Yes. Uh, and in fact, it's because I think it's because I use the piano and my playing of the music to help me relax. I think that then comes through in the style of music that I write. I want it to be, I don't want any loud percussion. You know, there's nothing wrong with, I love jazz and I love pop and I, you know, all kinds of music. Mm -hmm. But when I want to relax and think and meditate on something, I want something really clear and clean and almost quiet where you're not, it's not so busy that you have to worry about what's coming up next or whatever. Right. So when I write my music, that's that's the way. And then all of my, I've written over 120 songs and with seven albums of original music. And that's the way I would write them. Now, my second album that I did was called Beautiful Thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> and the story behind that is that my wife and I were living in Potomac, Maryland at the time. And both of us had important jobs that we needed to get to. And so I needed to write some more music because Rachel's song was the only album that I had ever written to start with. So I needed to write some more music. And so Linda says, well, Dave, you know, she says, I have to get up early in the morning because I have to be down. She worked at uh, the treasury department right across from the white house. And so she'd have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning to get in the car and to make it to her office over that traffic in time to get there. She says, why don't you get up early when I, while I'm getting up and, and go in there and sit down at the piano and sit there and play around with that piano till you come up with the, a song or the beginning of a song. I said, well, that's, that's probably a good idea. So that's exactly what I did. I get up every morning and I'd sit out the bench and we called it the Bob technique, B O B, uh, butt on bench. <laughs> I had to get my butt on the piano bench, sit down and play. And so every morning I'd use the Bob technique and sit there and I would, doodle around and oh that sounds pretty good or i'll jot that down and just in, you know sometimes songs come and some songs will come like rachel's song all at once mm-hmm. 
Some songs, though, will come a little snippet at a time, just a little phrase, you know, just an idea. Like if you're a, like, if, for example, if you're a writer of a of, of writing books and that kind of thing, sometimes just a, a snippet of a thought or a phrase will get you started in the right direction. Yeah. Well, it's the same yeah. same way with me on the piano. I would sit there and and I'd play a chord progression. I'd say, oh, I like the way that sounds. And then I'd, well, what kind of melody would go with that? And I'd t- fiddle around with it. And by the end of, you know, an hour or so, I'd have the makings of a new song. So by the end of about, it took me about two months sitting there on the piano, and I had written enough songs to do a whole album, and it's called Beautiful Thoughts is the name of that album. I still love playing that album. And for your listeners that uh, will go seek it out, Check out the Beautiful Thoughts album. It, it'll it'll put you in the right place too, as well as long as as well as Rachel's song. Right, right, yeah, yeah. We'll make sure we. I'll leave a um a link in the description for sure. Um, you said you help a lot of um people with you know recovery, um uh, with your music. Um, what what some of the ways they use it? Because again, you know, me being a recovering addict, I know for a fact it. It can relax me. What are some of the stories, you know, because a lot of listeners are in recovery. Yeah, they, and again, yeah. I believe we all recover from something. What What's some of the stories they have shared with you? <clears throat> well, and in, in my book, I, I had I dedicated one whole chapter to some of these little stories that I was telling about. It's chapter 21 in my book. OK, it's about 22 or three pages of them. And here's the very second song that I uh, one that I got was uh, from a lady named Joan. I think she lived in New Jersey, if I remember correctly. She says, I've listened to Rachel's song over and over again. I'm a newly recovering alcoholic, and your music was suggested to me because of my extreme restlessness. The first time I listened to it through a headset, I peacefully fell asleep. I continued to do so until about four months ago, a member of my AA group asked if she could borrow my tapes. (laughs) She never returned them. And about a month later, I went out and purchased the tapes once again for myself and slept soundly and with a great deal of peace once again. It still amazes me the extent to which your music affects me, especially emotionally. Tears swell constantly. I continually and continuously enjoy your music. It has truly helped me maintain my peacefulness and in doing so has helped me maintain my sobriety. Thank you for sharing your music and your talent. Your music has touched parts of my heart and soul that I believe to be long dead. Once again, thank you for helping make a difference in my life. May God bless you always, sincerely and gratefully, Joan. That was like one of the earliest uh, emails that I got from from somebody, and it's just uh, they're they're stories from young young people mm-hmm. that were struggling with. Uh, uh, issues of depression and addiction, possibly that that found that that my music reached them and enabled them to refine their foundation and and where they ought to be. It's yeah. just uh, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, your music it connects. I mean, I I, I learned, listen to you read the letter. I totally understand what she. What she's talking about, um, the yeah. medical part. How does your music, and you, have, you know, you might have heard some things. How have your music helped with the, the whole healing? Because it, it again, it, it feels like it's some healing <clears throat> that's taking place. Have you done any research in that area? I 
I have. In fact, I've had several podcasts. Uh, I've been a, a, ho- a guest of a podcast host who who was a medical doctor who specializes in these kind of things, and and we had a wonderful conversation because there is a there's a deep physical connection between music and healing. Mm-hmm. You know, you I've gotten letters from people who. Uh, a lot of nurses would write to me and say, you know, I use your music in my as a, as a nurse when I'm going to visit my patients, many of whom might be terminally ill, laying there on their their deathbed, basically. And she says the extent to which the music reaches and touches those people. And she says, I can physically see the reaction on them. Some of some of them, maybe you think they're comatose and not hearing anything. But she said, I'll put the music on. And she, she met, one lady mentioned one person who used to be a piano player. She was she was a beautiful piano player. And she was in the last throes of dealing with cancer and everything. And, and she said, I put on your music and said, I watched this lady laying there and her hands were out from under the sheets on the, the bed. And her fingers were playing the music as you as she heard it from the, the music. And she said, I know then that music had gotten through into her and had helped her relax. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture just to see somebody uh, that never again will actually play a real piano, but Mm -hmm. to actually to to play in their mind some of the music that they're hearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Like God can use you for your natural gifts. That's that's what I'm picking up as I'm listening to you share your story and how you bless so many people around the world. How just you said you was raised around music. You love music. And, right. and, I, and the message I'm getting, God just want us to be ourselves. <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. be ourselves. And he can use us, you know. Um, yeah, that's, that's a lot of healings. When you started that, started your music, started writing, started just getting into your, your own self. Um, what inspired you? Was it to be a blessing or was this you, you to just be who you are? Well, it was this feedback that I got in it. Yeah. And it started, it started learning almost immediately. I mean, the first time Rachel's song was played on the radio, I had only gotten it recorded in on August 22nd, 1986. And within about two weeks, I had had the song played on an FM radio station because a friend of mine had a, he was a, a, a DJ that had a big band jazz program on the radio. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely smitten by the music. And he said, let me play Rachel's song on my radio program. I said, okay, Bob, his name's Bob McCone. So I loaned him my master tape mm-hmm. and he took it to the radio station. They made a copy and they played it on the radio. And the next thing I know is my phone rings and it's the station manager for that radio station. He says, Dave, Something just happened here at the radio station that in my 20 some years in the radio business has never happened before. Our phones lit up the phone bank of about 15 phone lines that we have. Every one of them was ringing and everybody wanted to know what is that song that you played on the radio? Will you play that again? Tell me more about Rachel's song. Tell me more about this Combs guy in Winston Salem. And so he says, Dave, you've got something here and you need to pursue it. And so that was like within two weeks of my actually getting it recorded that I realized that this is a gift that I better not put under a bushel basket. I got to put it on a hilltop and let it shine. 
Yes, yes. And it's Shannon too. It's Shannon. And you was obedient. You he suggested it and you you followed through with it. That's very important because there are a lot of people out there, Dave, that has been inspired and or encouraged to follow up, you know, and they um they never did. So I, I thank you for following up on your um, on that suggestion. Yeah. Um yeah, it was a couple other questions. I just jotted down. Uh, what about, sure. um, okay, you, Rachel, Rachel's song was your first song, right? Rachel's song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. How have that changed your life? Well, I look at it this way. You know, most people can look back on their, 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 their life and say, you know, uh, here's, where I was at this point and here's what happened and here's the circumstances where I met my wife or here's the, some significant event in their life when they realized that there were there was a confluence of events that came together that was orchestrated by somebody besides them okay. that caused okay. things to happen. And when I look back at the writing of Rachel's song just by myself sitting down there in that basement one evening. And then the, 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 the things that unfolded from getting it named uh, for a little Rachel, our goddaughter, and then getting it recorded and then getting it played on the radio and the feedback. And then I started getting it played on radio stations all over the whole country. That was a, I, I felt really I needed to do that. And it wasn't easy. It was a lot of rejection and a lot of dead ends. But I found out how to do it. I kept, I did not give up. Never, ever give up. When you have a, a clear picture of the mission that you're supposed to be doing, you mm-hmm. do not give up. Don't let any obstacle stand in your way. So okay. I got it played on all the radio stations of the easy listening stations in the entire country. I started getting mail from people that heard it and told them, telling me the stories of how it touched them and what, what not. And then I realized I've got to pursue this and write more. So I did create more music. And then I wondered, well, now how in the world can I sell this music? I mean, there's people need to have hear it. They're not just going to hear it on the radio. They're going to want to have it in their home to play on their sound systems. Mm -hmm. So I had to find a way to sell my music through the the whole United States. Well, back then we had record stores. And right. record stores, and you'd go there to buy your music. Well, I pers- I approached them, and they didn't want to have anything to do with me. They never heard of Dave Combs. They didn't. They never heard of my Rachel song or any of my music. All they were interested in is selling the big popular music that was played on the popular radio stations. Right. So I had to find another way, and I'd like to take credit for the way it happened, but I can't. <laughs> it was somebody that I worked with had a best friend that owned a gift shop and this gift shop happened to be located in old town, Alexandria, Virginia. If you've ever been to old town, it's right across the river from Washington, DC and it's a okay. tourist town. Okay. And there was this gift, there was this gift shop in there called America. She sold everything that was patriotic. If it was red, white, and blue, she sold it. Okay. And so uh, her, her best friend happened to be working with me at AT&T at the time. And so my friend said, can I give one of Rachel's song CDs to my friend that owns the gift shop? I said, sure. So I gave her one to give to Jane that owned the shop. Well, in a couple of days, my phone rings and it's Jane that owned the gift shop that says, 
Is this Dave Combs? Yep, it is. She said, well, Dave, I've got a problem. She said, I've been playing Rachel's song on my sound system in my store, and all my customers just absolutely love that song and want to to buy it and take it home with them. Would you sell me some? I said, well, I guess so. (laughs) So I had never done, I hadn't sold any at retail before. So I said, okay. So she said, bring me some. I said, I'll be, we'll be there tonight. We we pick a box of cassette tapes and CDs and and we got in the car and drove down to Old Town Alexandria and gave them to Jane to sell. And then in about two or three days, she calls me back and says, Dave, those are all gone. I need some more. (laughs) And I made, I made that trip, Vernon, every week. For over a year, she sold thousands of tapes and CDs of Rachel's song, just the one album yeah. out of that one little gift shop. And so wow. that was the that was when the light bulb went off in my mind that said, OK, maybe I can't sell them in, in record stores, but I sure can sell them in gift shops. Yeah. And so I got I got busy. And it's a, the story about it's in my book. I won't. It's a long story. Okay. But I was able to get my music sold in over a thousand gift shops all across the entire United States. And it was that, that marketing through the gift shops that played and sold the music that enabled me to finally quit my job in 1992, a high paying job at AT AT&T and do nothing but my music full time from that point on. Wow. That's amazing. I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait to read it. You talk about that perseverance, right? You're talking about that. Never give up. Never, ever give up. Cause we, we sitting here, we've been, we, you know, I've been listening to you. The listeners been listening to you. We, we see the light. We see the light. How (laughs) God, right. Talk about to some of the dark spots and, and on this journey, the perseverance, what you had to do when you, when your thoughts are not there. What are some of the, when you have a relationship problem, what, what that, what, how you keep going to show us how you persevere, Dave. Well, every time that I would run into a, an obstacle or something that just didn't seem to be working right, I would always just back up and say, well, okay. If that didn't work, I've learned one thing. I've learned one more way not to do it. Okay. And so you, you just, you, you got to develop, keep that attitude of, of positive and seeking the right way and that things will, doors will open up. You, you, you may have a door slammed in your face several times, but eventually somebody will open the door and you will see the right path to go. And I did that with, with gift shops. You know, I, I started out, I would call gift shops on the phone. And I would say, do you, do you sell any music of tapes or CDs of the music you play in your shop? Well, back then, only about one out of 30 gift shops even sold music in their shop. And so I would, I'd get no about 29 times, but I knew that I kept records about about every 30 phone calls. I'd get one that said, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to hear your music. And so I, I made phone calls, so many of them. Vernon, that my phone bill came in a box, a size of a shoe box. It was that many pieces of paper yeah. on a Saturday. And cause I was doing this part-time, my, my full-time job was AT&T during the day. Yeah. This was nights and weekends. And I would call and call and call. And I had made thousands and thousands of phone calls. Yeah. And that's how I yeah. got from just one gift shop to over a thousand. But it was that, that really that revelation that I was doing the right thing. And just when things would seem to be not going the way I thought they ought to, 
here would come a letter in the mail from a, a fan that would tell me a story. Okay. And like okay. one, one of them, I got a, a letter from a, a lady. She says, uh, I just have to tell you this story. She says, I, I was training to be an emergency medical technician. And I finally got all my training done to be an EMT. And she said, me and my husband were on our way home one evening. And in our neighborhood on the sidewalk, there was this older gentleman who all of a sudden just collapsed on the sidewalk, fell down. So she said, of course, we stopped the car and she ran out and ran over to see if she could help the man. And so she said he, had, he did, she didn't know whether he was having a heart attack or a stroke or, or what was going on. But she said, when I went over there on my car radio was a song playing. And she said, I yelled back to my husband, turn that music up. And the music that was playing on that car radio, you guessed it, was Rachel's song. And she said, by the time the song finished, this gentleman had calmed down and was okay, basically. And the medical person had come to assist him and take care of him. And she said, I just was blown away. And she said, I tracked you down. When I got back home, I called the radio station, said, what was that song that played it? 6.04 p.m. today. And he said it was Rachel's song because apparently she wasn't the first person that ever called him about the song. Yeah. So she tracked me down and wrote me that beautiful story about how Rachel's song just happened to be playing at the perfect time mm-hmm. in this gentleman's life. And uh, it's those kind of dark, when you see a dark moment and then you see that ray of light come through at just the right time, that's when you know you're on the right path. Right, right. So, so you was talking about the, the positive at, attitude and, and also what I'm picking up from that, just the evidence that people, regardless of what obstacle you run into, you, you have mm-hmm. evidence that this thing is, is blessing people. It's, it's blessing yes. people. I, I'm, I'm noticing that you are mentioning your wife a lot, right? What role yes. has she played in this, on this journey with you? Well, today? We, we we need to probably book another hour or two to talk about that. But <laughs> but my wife, Linda, is an unbelievable, unbelievable person. I'm so blessed that, that our paths crossed. We've been married coming up on 53 years this June. And it's been a wonderful journey. She has been such a supporter. She is a unbelievable person in her own right. She has. She was started out her life as a, a school teacher and quickly got scarfed up by the corporate community and went into banking and elected to the local school board. The White House got rec- uh, re- heard about her and President Reagan's staff called Linda and said, we want you to come to Washington to work for President Reagan. And so wow. she, to make a long story short, she did that. She went to work in the Department of Education in Washington under President Reagan, did that for like six years or so, and then came back to work for the governor of North Carolina as his education advisor, and then got called back to Washington again to help start up the the new Veterans Administration Department. And while she was there, the Secretary of the Treasury, Nick Brady, called her and says, I want you to come work for me as Assistant Secretary of the Treasury. And so she did that. And then uh, along that journey, uh, her her mother had developed Alzheimer's. And it was a 24-year journey of Alzheimer's with her mother. And by the time we were about two or three years into her job at Treasury, Linda was having to come home to North Carolina about every other weekend to help 
help her dad do something with her mother because of her dementia. You know, she, she just was slipping fast and fast. So by the time uh, 19 and 91 rolled around, she and I both had left Washington, D.C., came back to North Carolina, and she took care of her mother, uh, and, and her mother lived another like eight or nine years. She didn't pass away until 1999. 24 years she dealt with this disease. Mm-hmm. And Linda ended up writing a book about it. She okay. kept a journal and, 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 and wrote all her thoughts and feelings. It's called A Long Goodbye and Beyond. You can find it on Amazon.com. But okay. she wrote a book about it and, and has, has helped a lot of people through the journey with dealing with dementia. And I think all of us are probably, you're, I don't know of anybody that doesn't have some relative or somewhere that's not touched by that horrible disease. Right. But Linda is an incredible person. She's, she's done all that. And then on top of that, mm-hmm. when her parents both passed away at the end of 1999, President Bush, George W. Bush, called and asked Linda to come back to Washington again to work in his administration. And so she went back. She, she has had five United States Senate confirmation hearings. Uh, you've seen those contentious hearings on the news all the time. Mm-hmm. When her hearings were all, she was confirmed unanimously by both sides of the aisle in every case. She has never had a dissenting vote against her in her entire life. Uh-huh. And so she ended up as the controller of the United States under President Bush. And then for the last eight years, she has been the controller of the state of North Carolina. She just retired. Okay. So, so you had, I'm glad to thank you for asking about my dear wife, Linda. She is, uh, she's an unbelievable person, a wonderful, yes, she is. she's yeah. a, the love of my life and just an inspiration to everyone that knows her. Wow. That that's, that's powerful. Yeah. I just, I can just feel y'all connection and a love and a support. And, you know, and I like, it lets, you know, people know that that's very important with people on the journey to have somebody with you, you know, and it mm-hmm. seems like you, you two, as just listening to you, you two really support and really love, love each other. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing her story as well. Um, it, it's been a pleasure to have you here, David. Um, you really have, um, you know, you really have shared your story in a way that people can relate. Again, I'm going to, leave a link so they can, um, you know, find you. How can they find you, Dave? Uh, what's, are you I've, on social made media? It, yeah, what's some of the ways people I've, can find you? I've made it very, very simple. Okay. Uh, for those that want to go to my website, it's just Combs Music, C-O-M-B-S Music.com. And from that website, you'll see on the left side of the page the picture of a cover of my book. On the right side of the page, you'll see the cover of my CD, Rachel's Song, on the other side. And underneath them, there's going to be links that say, you know, purchased on Amazon.com. You can go get the book or the CD. But one of the most important things is in the middle of the page, there's a link that says Play Rachel's Song. And I promise you that when you play that, it's the original recording. has never been re-edited or re-mastered or anything. It's the original recording of Rachel's song that was the one that changed my life and touched the lives of millions of other people. And all my social media links are down there at the bottom of the page and all that kind of stuff. But just go to my webpage. And for those that are listening that want to hear it on a, on a uh, Spotify or some other uh, 
streaming platform. Just mm-hmm. say, play Rachel's song by Gary Prim. Now, Gary Prim is the artist. I'm the composer, Dave Combs, but okay. Gary Prim is the artist. So if you'll go on, uh, you know, Apple Music or Amazon Music or any of those, uh, Pandora, just say, play Rachel's song by Gary Prim. You'll hear Rachel's song. And okay. so that's, that's the best way if you want to just hear it or go to my website. And I've got all the links there on my website, combsmusic.com. Good deal. Good deal. Um, I always like to um, just get one question uh, that I like to ask my my guest, Dave, is that, you know, again, I believe that everyone is recovering from something. You know, it don't have to be drugs. It don't have to be, you know, alcohol. It can be television. It can be workaholic. It can be being right. Um, My question to you is. Share with the audience, share with us one thing that you believe that you are recovering from. Well, I'm constantly recovering from trying to spend too much time doing too many things and not focusing enough on the the things that matter. I'm, I'm I guess I don't know whether I'm ADD or not, but I'm a very distracted kind of person. When I see something, I usually just go jump and go do it and whatever and, my wife now, she's the opposite. She's very organized and planned and whatever, but uh, that's something I have to work on is to organize myself and not be so distracted and fragmented in too many directions instead of focusing on the things that matter. Right. Okay. Well, how did you get through that, writing a book and writing all that music? How did you deal with that? <laughs> well, she's upstairs making supper right now. <laughs> Okay, okay. Right. Linda, Linda is she is my rock. She is the one that keeps me on the right path, and so okay. uh, I I have to give her all the credit. Good deal. It's been a pleasure, Dave. Um, you really have have touched a lot of us, and I appreciate you reaching out. But and again, I got to make sure I stay in contact with you. And uh, and Please put do. the word out there, yes, and put the word out there for you, and uh, continue to let that God just use you. And I, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks again, buddy. Thank you, Vernon. It's a it's been a pleasure to be your guest today, Vernon. Yeah.